Well, hello, teachers, and welcome back to another episode of the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast. Caitlin here with you guys. And I'm Jessica, and we are so thrilled to be chatting with you today. Yes. So we're talking about how breaking the rules just might improve test scores. Interesting. Right? Sounds a little (laughs) taboo. Like, what are we talking about? (laughs) So before we get into the episode, we actually kind of want to just talk about like our personality differences in terms of how it applies to this conversation. So for whatever reason, I have always been someone who questions authority, who pushes back against things. I am, interestingly enough, a rule follower. You know, like I'm going to follow the the law very closely. I go the speed limit. You know, I do things I'm supposed to do, but if I disagree with what you're telling me to do and I think something else is going to be better for my students, I'm going to question that. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to do what I want to do, what I think is better. And I know that Jessica is the antithesis of that. (laughs) I'm like cringing at that because I'm like, oh my gosh, I am definitely the opposite. I am such a rule follower and I have been since I was, you know, a little kid. Like to the point, you guys, that even the little things, I follow the rules. My husband makes fun of me because I have those like two-week disposable contact lenses and on like the exact date, I'm like, oh, I have to throw them away. Time for my new ones. And he's like, oh my gosh, what would happen if you used them an extra day or two? And I'm like, I can't. That's not the rule. That's not how it works. <laughs> like oh we're definitely different, Caitlin. That is hilarious. That's very funny. Yeah, I don't know where it comes from. I think I had a lot of like high school English teachers that we always talked about like questioning authority and why we were told to do things and why we were taught certain things. And so that's just kind of always been um, my MO with anything that I approach in life, which I'm pretty sure drives my husband crazy. <laughs> gives you guys a good balance if you yes. you know it's all good <laughs> totally so we're going to talk about kind of my experience with breaking the rules um, at one of my schools and I want to talk about this beforehand because you know a lot of us are required to do certain things by our schools right maybe you have a mandated curriculum that you might absolutely abhor but you have to do it anyways um, and you know one of the things that I find found myself doing at my most recent school was I was going to be required to use a specific, um, writing, uh, program. Uh, I won't, I won't call it out, <laughs> but it was right. a specific writing program. I know which one you're talking yes. about. Yes. And I was looking at it for the, and this is when I taught fifth grade for one year and you know, they hired me as a fifth grade teacher and I was looking at the curriculum, the program, and I was just like, I'm not going to do this. And it was required. Like that's what the whole school was doing. And I was just right. like, I don't think that this is the best thing for my kids. Okay. So why did you think that though? Without calling it out, like what was it about the curriculum that you were like this? I just can't do this. Yeah. I think it was the caliber that was expected of my students. And so when I was looking at it, I was like, you know what? This is probably really good for second, third, fourth grade. You know, when they're just learning the the basics of finding evidence of creating claims and premises around those claims, but I don't want to use the specific terms that they're using because I'm not going to have my students call that when they get call that part of an essay, that thing when they get to high school, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I almost have to call it, but I can't, I don't know if we'll get in trouble for like copyright rules. So don't I'm not going to say anything, but, <laughs> but I'm like, my kids are not going to go to high school and call a, a premise this phrase. Like they have to be taught the term premise in fifth grade. Like they can handle it. Yes, absolutely. They can. So then, okay, you decided, I don't want to use this. I'm not going to use this. 
what'd you do then? Did you just like tell anybody I'm doing my own thing? <laughs> or were you like, did you go to your principal and ask? Like, I'm so curious as a rule follower, like, <laughs> what did you do? What unfolded? Yeah. So it was really interesting. So when I came, the fourth grade teacher sat down with me and she's like, this is the program that we're using. This is what it looks like. Here's how you use it. Sixth grade does it too. Seventh grade does it too. Eighth grade does it too. And as she's teaching me all of this, I'm like, in my mind, I'm not using this. Like, I'm not going to be teaching this to my students. And so after that conversation with her, I went up to my principal and I was like, look, at my last school, I used our EB writing approach, this curriculum Mm -hmm. that my business partner and I developed, and I want to use it here too. And she was like, well, you know, everyone's using this other program. I don't want it to be really like disruptive and like disjointed from grade level to grade level, which I get, which is a very Mm -hmm. valid point. And so I was kind of like, okay, maybe I'll just use the graphic organizer from this program to then tie it into what I was doing. And so what I did is I slowly like wove out, is that a a phrase? Everything that Mm -hmm. was from that other program. Yeah. Yeah. And started to weave in the EB writing approach. So I started to bring in claims and like our short stories and I was using Mm -hmm. our framework in conjunction with this other program at the beginning and then towards the middle of the year, it was just as though the other program never existed. <laughs> and no one kind of like knew what I was doing. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Okay, Except the parents. Sure the parents, of course, did. Yes. And you know yeah. what they told me? I bet they were impressed. All the time. Yeah. Always impressed. Emails. I cannot believe the quality yeah. of writing, the caliber of writing my students are writing, in your, my kids are writing in your class. Just totally. incredible positive feedback. Yeah, I did use to hear that from parents too. They're like, this is like high school, college level writing, which I mean, that's an exaggeration a little bit when they're in fourth grade, like <laughs> graders were, but it was very different when, from what they were used to before. So, okay. So you said no one knew though, like you, you just faded out the other thing. You did your own curriculum, but obviously by the next year, the sixth grade teacher would be like, wait a second, like this writing is amazing or it's very different or whatever. So what kind of results did you get that the teachers then started to notice? Yeah. So basically like, what happened? <laughs> did you get in trouble type thing? So I went and showed my principal, my students writing. Mm-hmm. I brought their essays to her and I was like, look at what they're producing using this framework. And she was blown away, blown <laughs> away. And she was just like, oh my gosh, you know what? We're going to bring this to the middle school next year. So she actually, after seeing what my kids did with our framework, she asked me to be the ELA coach the next year for our sixth mm-hmm. grade teacher, seventh grade teacher. And then I ended up being the eighth grade teacher. So I worked with the fifth grade teacher also, the new fifth right. grade teacher who took my spot. And so I became the ELA coach for bringing this program into our school instead of the one that we were using before. And our kids. I, I, when they went to high school, our eighth graders, I cannot tell you how many emails I got back from them. High school is so easy. I know so much more than my classmates. Writing is Mm -hmm. not an issue for me compared to what I'm seeing from my classmates from other schools. Thank you so much for teaching me how to teach writing this way, teaching me how to write this way. Sorry. So a few things are first, very cool of your students to email you back and tell you that that had to feel good, but like also a pretty cool principal. Uh, Yes. You know, like that's amazing to her for sure. Yeah. Because I'm thinking like, I have definitely worked for some awesome principals and I think that could be a whole other podcast. Like what makes a great principal, but I've also worked for some where I don't know if that would have happened. So I'm curious, like, like I said earlier, I am that rule follower. Well, what advice do you have for me then 
I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to yeah. just like scratch everything and do my own curriculum. And like, I'd be too scared to go to the principal. I really would. So, um, okay. Well, what two would things. you say I do? First things first, I want to preface all of this by saying, well, I should have prefaced all of this by saying, I'm not advocating that you just like, don't do what you're supposed to do. I, I think mm-hmm. it very much depends on your situation, your school, you. Um, I just, that's always been my kind of outlook on life. And the thing was, is I really considered three specific things before I chose to just like go against the grain and be the, you know, the outlaw, if you will. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And so my whole goal was the whole reason that I was doing this, that I was not going to use this other program was because I wanted to set the bar high for my kids. I knew that they could be pushed to this incredible potential that they had. And so for me, it wasn't like I just didn't want to do this other program. It was that I knew what I wanted to do with my kids was going to challenge them, was going to be rigorous with them, was going to push them to high standards in my classroom. It was like a very purposeful reason why I didn't want to do the other program. The other thing was, you know, I knew that it was going to improve student engagement in my classroom, right? I knew that they were going to be involved in our short stories because we were going to be tying in literary analysis, this framework that I teach to every single thing that we do. And so when that happens over the course of the year, your conversations are richer in your classroom. You know, the student writing becomes just so much more critical. It's just an an incredible, I, I can't put words to what happens when you use the EB writing approach or when you use really literary analysis as the foundation of what you're doing in your classroom. So that was another thing that I was looking at. You know, I wanted to improve student engagement with writing in my classroom through the program I knew was going to work that I'd used before. And then two, I had a plan for measuring my students' success. It wasn't like I was like flippantly like, oh, I'm just going to do this instead. Or I'm going to try this and I'll try this. And you had a like a procedures to do. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I, and you know what, in all fairness, if my students writing was terrible, I probably would have tried to go back to what the rest of the school was doing, mm-hmm. but that wasn't the case. And I knew that wasn't going to be the case because right. I'd used our EB writing approach for so many years before with other students. And so I want you to maybe consider those three rules. You know, are you looking to raise the bar for your kids and push them to their fullest potential with what it is that you are looking to change, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think it's okay to push the boundaries and to maybe ask questions and to ask for, you know, a little wiggle room in your curriculum. Your principal might say yes. And what's the worst they can say? No. You know, that's the worst. At least you tried, you know? So one, are you looking to raise the bar? Two, is what you're going to do going to improve student engagement? And then three, do you have a plan for measuring their success? And so if you're like Jessica and you you don't want to break the rules, you don't even want to ask your principal, right? You're like, you just don't even want to go there. Maybe you just incorporate little tiny pieces of a literary analysis program into your classroom. And that can be something as simple as, you know, a graphic essay at the end of, of a unit together. And you walk through that graphic essay together. Like we talked about on episode 74, you should go back and listen. There's a free download there for you as well. Um, and just see their progress with that and just like sprinkle little things in here and there, you know, I like that sprinkle it throughout your curriculum. That seems like manageable to me. And then my like worry personality, it seems like I could handle that, you know, like I'm not going to get in trouble. Like we're going to (laughs) try this out. 
It's not like, like you're that. just like ripping up your curriculum and throwing things out the window and just like right. doing something totally different. Just bring a little bit in every now and then. Maybe it's a part of a Socratic seminar, a part of a silent mm-hmm. debate. You know, maybe you just have your students use an evidence tracker that uses all of that terminology that's at that high level. Right. And I'm also just thinking like, if I had had one more teacher like on board with me, I probably would have been like, oh, I can do this. I can break the rules. So maybe get like a teacher friend, right. And say like, what can we do together? Cause maybe yeah. your principal would be more willing to listen to if you're like as a grade level team, like we'd like to try something new. Yes. And I think maybe approaching it like that, again, I'm not advocating that you do what I do. I, <laughs> I am like just, that's always been my personality and I'm not afraid to get in trouble, but Like maybe that is what you do. You go to your principal, hey, this is the idea that I have. This is what I'm looking to do. Can you give me some wiggle room and then I can show you results and Mm -hmm. then we can go from there. And I think that's a total, and I actually think that's probably the better way to go than what I did. Um, But I You're advocating for your students then. Again, you have a plan. You're saying let's communicate together. So I do think that makes the most sense instead of just- So I do want to say, in terms of improving the test scores- Right? Yeah, because that's the title of our of our Let's episode. Hear it. How'd they do? Yes. So so we got rid of Iowa, unfortunately. And I honestly like I liked Iowa. I liked the in depth data that it gave us on all of the different aspects right. of their learning. And we just started using um, AR to test mm-hmm. our students. What is the? Is it called AR? That's the star testing. Star testing. Thank you. Yeah. That's the, what accompanies AR. Right. Um, and their score their scores went. You know through the roof. Yes. And I saw their writing improve myself, right. As a teacher, you know, and you have Mm -hmm. their essays from the beginning of the year when they came into you without this approach at all to the end of the school year, how much it improves. And I do want to say that our Iowa testing that I had, um, and I think I will actually talk about this in the masterclass that I'll share with you guys in just a second. When I did this approach to writing in our school in LA, when Jessica Mm -hmm. and I taught together, my seventh graders scored at like eighth grade, second month. I think it was, I can't remember exactly what it was off the top of my head at the beginning of eighth grade, which is great, right? That's really high anyways. And then at the end of am I saying that right? At the beginning of seventh grade, they scored at eighth grade, second month. And then after a year with me at the beginning of eighth grade, so a year later, after a whole year of the EB writing approach framework with them, they scored 12th grade, like something months. Like it was insane. Insane. I remember my jaw dropping when Mm -hmm. Chris, our principal handed me her test scores. I was like, I knew they'd improved, but I didn't know the extent to which they improved. And to Chris's credit at that school, like all of us were using like similar language. Yes. So it really was helpful that we were all on board together. Yes. The social studies teacher, the science yeah. teacher, we were all working together and gosh, that was the best ex- teaching experience of my life. Yeah. We always say that we miss it there. Chris, if you ever listening to the podcast episode, I hope you know right. how much we enjoyed having best you as a principal, principal ever. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's kind of end things there. Do we have anything else that we wanted to cover that I'm forgetting? Um, well, let's talk about our master class coming up because that's big. Perfect. So if you're on board, you're like, yeah, I want to know what you did, you know, to see students results like this. Um, we love talking about literary analysis writing, you know, we, we love incorporating it into everything that we do. It gets us lit up, excited about teaching. And we want to do that same thing for you. We want you to have that same confidence, that same love of teaching this type of writing in your classroom, because it really is a game changer. I mean, it changes everything in your classroom for your kids. So we have a free 
free writing masterclass coming up on July 22nd. That's our first date. We have four dates to choose from. Um, and if you go to ebacademics.com forward slash writing masterclass, you'll be taken to a page where you can pick which date and time that you want to sign up for. We're going to do a whole Facebook group. And um, we'll just be talking about, you know, how you can teach writing like a pro. So you really feel confident going into the school year. We're going to talk about distance learning. You know, if that's where we find ourselves in some sort of hybrid, what it looks like in person. Um, we're really going to make sure that you are set up for success with teaching writing. So I know we just did our narrative writing training back in June, but this one's focused on just writing in general, really with that literary analysis lens, because literary analysis, you know, expository writing, persuasive, that's all pretty different than narrative writing. So that's kind of what our focus is for this writing masterclass is on those other styles of writing with literary analysis as kind of that main lens through which we'll be teaching. So yeah, that's it. That's it. That was fun listening to your story. <laughs> I feel like I learned some new things about you. And I hope that like, I hope I gave some good advice. I think you did. Okay. I feel good about it. Like I said, I would take your advice and I would feel comfortable trying new things in the classroom. So okay. That's the good. Goal. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us this week. We will see you next week on the podcast. I think we have one more episode, two more episodes talking about literary analysis before we move so. on. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. Bye guys.